Welcome to the Drive Time News Blast. 30 minutes, 45 for patrons of News of the Day from a perspective of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Brad Binkley. Monica Perez is out until a week from Monday, but she will be at the DPP tomorrow night. That's Friday, August 13th at 8 p.m., 5 p.m. Pacific Time. So if you've been missing Monica and you want to hang out with her live, then this is the time for you to become a party-level patron at patreon.com slash propaganda report. And now on to our top... Well, you know, before we go on the story, I want to welcome back Cam from the Mad Ones podcast. Thank you for being here with us today, Cam. How are you doing today? I am doing just great. I have to probably apologize in advance because you may hear random children noises and you're just going to you're just going to have to live with that audience. Cam, you do have an army of children back there, but I think you've maintained the situation rather well as of now. Now on to our top story of the day. Protesters sweeping the nation, competing protesters sweeping the nation, actually, in states where governors are not allowing mask mandates. Pro-maskers are defying bans and challenging their legal authority. In states where mask mandates are allowed and praised, there are people who are defying the mask mandates and challenging their legal authority. Yet, if you only watch the mainstream media, you would think that the pro-maskers are heroes who are rising up across the country in states where governors are trying to kill people by not allowing them to mandate mask, and that maybe there is one group somewhere in another state that is protesting against the mask mandates, but those people are crazy and dangerous. Case in point, I want to give you two headlines that are going around today. The first one is, schools fight back against GOP governors defy bans on mask. Here is the second headline. We know who you are. Hundreds of anti-maskers near Nashville, Tennessee, threaten healthcare workers during protest. What the hell? Yeah. There is how people protesting opposite sides of the protest are being portrayed in the media. One is the hero. The other is the villain. And the media does not want you to know that there are protests like the second one all over the country. They can't control the people across the country rising up, but they're trying to control the narrative. And they want you to think that 99% of the people across the country are on board with the pro-maskers and only the crazy dangerous people are opposing it. But that is just not true. In fact, there's actually story after story about people rising up against the mask mandates, against the vaccine mandates that aren't being reported at the national level. And here are just a handful of them, just to illustrate, and these are mostly local reports. Parents send letter of intent to sue Gwinnett County Schools over mask mandate. Gwinnett Anti-Mask Group raises $21,000 to sue the school district. Universities face student lawsuits over COVID-19 vaccine mandates. Protesters gather at Michigan Capitol to protest COVID vaccine mandates. Healthcare workers rally against California's vaccine mandate. Parents protest at Rankin County School Board meeting on new mask mandate. The list goes on and on and on. And I want to give you a quick quote from a book called Intro to Narrative Warfare. Then I want to hear your thoughts. The quote is, Events that don't contribute to the meaning of the narrative are left out. So what is left out of the narrative you are analyzing? And what is left out 
are these stories of people who are not crazy, who are not violent, who are normal people fighting for their rights, protesting against the mandates. And the only way that these stories of these protests get covered is if somebody does something crazy that they can then frame the people as being lunatics so that it fits their narrative. Oh, yeah. They I have to tip my hat to the current regime and the, you know, the last what hundred years of regimes in their propaganda efforts because they have so perfectly polar polarized the country like there are different states it, it it's amazing that in states that are this way there's this going on there are states that are this way the other is going on it's incredible to me that there's not just one happy state <laughs> totally their efforts to propaganda as a public is extraordinary. They have about a hundred years of a head start on us. People think they can see the surface level stuff. They've been doing this for a while. They've been testing it and ask that question of what is left out. I just think that's such an interesting question. When you recognize what they're not reporting, you can kind of decipher what that agenda truly is. Although this one here is pretty easy to decipher. <laughs> and on that same note, Biden yesterday Met. He had a virtual meeting with the heads of four corporations who have already mandated the vaccine for their employees. Now, during the meeting, he praised them and he talked with them about how they implemented their program and how they are enforcing it. And he also, again, assured them that they have the full support and backing of the White House. And then he asked them to work on getting the heads of other corporations to not just do the same thing they're doing, but to also do it very publicly and to showcase to the world how how they are doing it. So a couple of interesting things to me at on the surface level, this could, this is just another example of the corporate fascism that we're seeing the white house mandating vaccines from kind of behind the scenes, but not really. But I don't think this is necessarily a bad thing. I think this is an indicator of something that could be potentially good. They're trying to figure out how to make this work. They aren't sure yet. They don't know how they're going to get these vaccine mandates implemented successfully because they know that these pushbacks are happening. They are aware that these protests that we were just talking about are going on across the country, even though the media is not reporting it. They're aware of that sentiment and they're aware that they need jobs filled. Jobs are open. Mm -hmm. Employees might walk off. Employees will protest these companies. So they're trying to figure out how to get this program pushed through, which is why he called those people there, because they're experimenting and exploring. And that is also why they're asking them to try and influence other companies and then showcase what they're doing publicly. Because the more companies that showcase that they are implementing these mandates, the bigger the army appears. It's that whole idea of make your army appear to be a lot bigger than it actually is. So to yep. intimidate the opposite side and demoralize them. And they're also, I think, trying to kind of collectively discover the best practices to overcome this pushback. So I think the fact that Biden met with these heads of these corporations about these mandates is a signal, an indication that the protests going on across the country against them are effective right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it also goes to show you that perhaps it's failing and they don't know what to do. They don't know how to overcome. And I'm, I'm sure they talked about what we talked about yesterday, which is adding uh, charges to health insurance or, you know, penalizing financially the, the coworker, the, their employees rather than mandating vaccines. I think that they're kind of they're coming against America. Like there's there are little and it's not a, it's not everyone. It's not the whole country, but there are little pockets of America that are still America and want to fight back. 
And that's good to see. Absolutely. And as I said, there is a lot longer list than I gave you earlier of protests and actions happening across the country. They're just not covering it. So it seems smaller, but it's big. And I think there's some energy behind it. There would be no reason for him to meet with these corporation heads if their plan was working as they hoped it would. They would just all be following the directive. There's these reports of new hotspots in the South emerging. They continue to focus on the South because that's where all the red hat Trump supporters are that they like to demonize a lot of them anyway. And a new one is now identifying Atlanta as a new COVID hotspot where the the Delta variant is just ravaging through Atlanta. As evidence to support this claim, they're saying that the cases are on the rise. And you can see this by looking at Atlanta's largest trauma hospital, Grady Hospital, and how they're running out of ICU beds, how they're having to send patients to other hospitals and how patients are having to wait for up to two hours to even see a doctor in the emergency room. This was the main evidence put forward to support that theory that the Delta variant is ravaging through Atlanta. All of this is nonsense. Now, maybe they have actual evidence that it is, but this is ridiculous. ICUs in Atlanta, I've been, I spent a lot of time in ICUs in Atlanta and around Atlanta. My mom was in the ICU many, many times. It's always short on beds. They are always filled up. You often have to go to a different floor that is not the ICU and wait until an ICU bed opens up. This was long before the pandemic ever started. There are not just ICUs sitting around anywhere empty. They're not designed to be that way. And also, it's not uncommon to be taken to a different hospital. People can actually request it. But I took somebody to Grady not long ago and we had to go to another nearby hospital. This has happened before the pandemic. It's happened during the pandemic. This is nothing new. And finally, there's never, ever been a time in my life anyway, where you just walk into an emergency room and go directly back in five minutes. They talk about it as though it's like a drive through line at Chick-fil-A where you can get in and out of an emergency room in under five minutes. The reality is emergency room lines are always long. Before the pandemic ever started, about a year and a half, we had to take my mom to the emergency room. We were waiting for nine hours, nine yep. hours. Unless you have a gunshot wound and you're in Atlanta, you're not getting into the emergency room and seeing a doctor quickly. No, and in, that's one thing that I noticed personally was where I'm living, I heard and saw people on next door talking about how overwhelmed the emergency rooms were, how overwhelmed it was in our city, how overwhelmed it was. And then I had to take my kid to the emergency room. I've had to take my kids to an emergency room probably three or four times this year because they're they're just wild things and they like running <laughs> into stuff. Um, but every single time, and I'm not kidding. Every single time we've been back in a room talking to a doctor within 20 minutes. Yeah. They were dead. I found that locally that that was the case. They made it seem this is back when the pandemic first started in the city. They made it seem like all the hospitals were overran and everywhere, really. And we ended up going to one that was pretty close by and it was it was one of the quicker times that I've ever yeah. been. But in normal times, especially in big normal cities times, like it's Atlanta, it's worse. Totally. See, they what they do, and they do this with a lot of different issues, especially over the past four years, is the media puts the spotlight on things that are absolutely normal, completely normal, except they just don't usually cover them. So people aren't aware of them unless they go experience them a lot. And 
then they pretend that this very normal thing is out of the ordinary and then they blame it on COVID. I mean, that's it. Let's take something normal, blame it on COVID. They do the same thing with climate change. Totally. I've seen that numerous times. Uh, but one thing I wanted to mention, I happened upon this today on Twitter. Uh, the Texas Tribune wrote a story. I didn't read the story. I went in there for the correction, which is at the very bottom <laughs> of the page. And I'll read it to you. Correction, August 12th, 2021. An earlier version of this story overstated the number of children who have been hospitalized in Texas recently with COVID-19. The story said... 5,800 children had been hospitalized during a seven-day period in August. According to the CDC, uh, (laughs) that number correctly referred to the children hospitalized with COVID-19 since the pandemic began. And what was the beginning of it? They were reporting it in what time frame? A a week. Oh, my gosh. A week. And the, in actuality, uh, 783 children were admitted to Texas hospitals with COVID-19 between July 1st and August 9th. So even a month span over the last month is 783. So they overshot it. That's, they didn't even give the week. And I know they, they did this July 1st to August 9th because if they had put the actual last week's worth, it would have been so much more embarrassing for them. I want to know how many times this has to happen. We just covered a story yesterday where the same thing happened with the CDC in Florida. How many times does this have to happen for people to maybe be open to the possibility that it is an intentional propaganda strategy because they've done, they followed the science when it comes to the psychological science anyway, and they know that that first impression repeated over and over again is the lasting impression and that hardly anybody sees the retraction unless you seek it out like we do. And even right. if you see it once, it's not going to overtake the impression already made. This is a strategy. Well, one one very clear mark of the strategy that was a red pill for a lot of people was the Covington kids because they put out that little clip of uh, Nicholas Sandman looking at the, the Native American man and smirking and made him out to be a devil. How many times have you heard in the mainstream media repeated as much as that was repeated that Nicholas Sandman actually won his lawsuit against CNN? I believe it was CNN because of how they defamed him. That's a great point. And I'd be willing to bet that if you did a, a survey of a few thousand people who are Democrats about that story, that their lasting impression would probably still be that initial one that the kid was in the wrong, the high school kid. Yep. This is why the corporate press is the enemy of the people. And let me tell you, I, it is never more clear that the corporate press is our enemy than when you go on, I went on Google News to look at some news today and I came across four stories in the top four inches of the website. All that, so this is, I, I didn't have, I have four different headlines I'm gonna read you, but here's my headline for those headlines. My headline is the blood soaked corporate press rallies to continue war in Afghanistan. So these are the four stories that came up, and this is a repetition from before. One being Afghan lives ruined or lost will be a part of Biden's legacy. The U.S. asks Taliban to spare its embassy in coming fight for Kabul. Uh, The U.S. is deploying 3,000 troops to help evacuate uh, Afghan embassy staff as Taliban advances. And finally, my favorite, 
Trump says <laughs> situation with Taliban would be more successful if he were still president. <laughs> so it sounds so, like Google really wants that war to continue. They do. And, like and, your and so, does, uh, so does Lindsey Graham. So does Lindsey Graham said that the, the withdrawal was very bad because he's a, he's a wordsmith. Um, and then what was the McConnell? <laughs> Let me read you McConnell's quote that I found in one of these articles. Precipitously withdrawing U.S. forces from Afghanistan is a grave mistake. It is a retreat in the face of an enemy. Foreign terrorists will not leave the United States alone simply because our politicians have grown tired of taking the fight to them. Why do people think that the Taliban, first off, they didn't do 9-11. That's, that's, that's not a thing that, that they didn't have anything to do with 9-11. That was Saudi Arabia. That was, you know, uh, Al-Qaeda in response to how we treated Iraq in the, the original Iraq war. So none of this is remotely apropos, uh, but <laughs> they, th they, they really think, I don't know how many Americans do, but I don't know many Americans who hear this kind of talk about terrorism on our shores and don't go, well, that's not, that, that wasn't them. Most people don't think it's Afghanistan. And so the neocons, the, the bad, the bad dudes of the right, have been pushing – this was mentioned in I think two out of three of the stories I read that uh, little girls were allowed to read under the American occupation of Afghanistan, but they won't be able to read anymore. Um, that <laughs> – like th th it's all these heartstring pulls. They yeah. want to continue this. This is – this makes them money. And the they seem to the find a way to. So it's weird that I'm pulling for Biden in this moment. You made me think of a story that I saw earlier about – you know, 9-11's coming up, so they always, they always tease us a little bit around 9-11 that some more information is going to be revealed or exposed to get the conspiracy theorists excited. Yeah. And here's a headline from the USA Today. 20 years later, will Biden reveal Saudi terror complicity to 9-11 families? And apparently, he has promised openness and transparency, and he's considering revealing some classified documents that could expose the Saudis' link or their part they played in 9-11. There were 19 guys, right? Isn't that the number? I think so. And like, I believe it was like 17 of them were Saudi nationals. Like, yeah, it's what? some overwhelming number like that. It's Yeah, it's, I mean, but I, I don't believe they're going to say anything. Not really. But it's it's funny, like these different articles is they really want to stay in Afghanistan. They want to keep the, the diplomatic mission going. Uh, they've been like threatening. So Afghanistan has hooked up in some way with China and with Russia to get some kind of money going in their direction. They want to be the Taliban wants to be recognized as the government of, of Afghanistan. That's what they want. They don't want foreign interference. They so much as said it. They said we just want you out. That's what they want. And so the, the United States, knowing that China's out, done some outreach, Russia's done some outreach, is going, you know, if you, if you come in here and you, you do this and you do it the Muslim way, if you do it the way that you want to do it, then we're not going to give you any money. That's their argument. We're not yeah. going to give you any more money. Um, and then, of course, you got Trump, who's uh, it would have been a much different and much more successful withdrawal. And the Taliban understood that better than anyone. What is going on now is not acceptable. It could have been done much better. Never won. <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting if they did reveal some of these Saudi ties 
coming up to 9-11. I kind of doubt it, but what if they revealed it and then based on those revelations, Biden's like, well, we better go back into Afghanistan. (laughs) Well, here's the deal. Um, What if we... Uh, I've already planned this. This is totally a farce. I'm making, I'm making it sound like this is the first time we're doing this. What if you and Monica came on our show the Wednesday after 9-11 and we talked about what was revealed? I think that's a fantastic, spontaneous idea. We should do have. that. Yeah, let's do it. Let's put it in the books <laughs> right now. Before we get to our final story of the Free 30, which is going to be about the latest Hunter Biden sex tape story. Why it's really in the news and what's really going on there. I want to tell you about what we're going to talk about in the patient 15, which is, do you find it hard finding time to work out? If so, there's a new study that might have the answer for you. And things just got weird in the back cave. <laughs> I also want to say thank you to the sponsor of today's show, Liberty Gear. LibertyGear.net is an online store that embraces liberty and mocks the ridiculousness of these COVID times that we are living in. They offer masks, shirts, posters, mugs, and much more, all with protest-like slogans on them that will put a smile on your face. If you have to wear a mask but you don't like it, you might as well make a statement while you're doing it and put on the Obey or the Flatten the Lies mask from Liberty Gear. And if you're the type that doesn't wear a mask but maybe likes to ironically mock the situation we all find ourselves in, then you are the exact type of person that Liberty Gear was created for. They got a lot of products you're going to like. They'll even customize your gear just the way you like it. Just email them through the Liberty Gear website and let them know what you need. And for Propaganda Report listeners only, you're going to get a 10% discount off all orders. Just enter the promo code PROPAGANDA all lowercase when you check out and you'll get that discount. Support us by supporting our sponsors. That's libertygear.net. Check it out. And if you're not a Rockfin subscriber yet, check us out on rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Rockfin is an emerging video platform that's kind of like a combination of Netflix and YouTube without all the Soviet-style censorship. So, for one price of $9.99 a month, you get not only all of our premium Rockfin videos, you get all the premium content from all the content creators on the platform. And there's a lot of good ones there. You got Jimmy Dore, Sam Tripoli, you got the Mad Ones. We just put a new interview up earlier this week, and we will be dropping a deep dive deconstruction of a propaganda group that Biden has been following the orders of in lockstep. So make sure you sign up through our page at rockfin.com slash propaganda report. I think you're going to like what you find there. Now on to our final story of the free 30. Big news coming from one of the top artists in the world, top painters in the world, Hunter Biden. <laughs> Have you seen Wait, George W. Bush is the top painter in the world. I need you. I need you to say it. George Bush. Important. He's up there, but he has got some competition coming right now with Hunter Biden. He just picked he just picked it up and, and he's so good at it. He's getting boatloads of money for his artwork. Well, this video was a piece of art that came out today. Here's the story. The mystery of how Hunter Biden's laptop got stolen has apparently been solved, and it was solved by yet another leaked Hunter Biden sex tape, because apparently every time Hunter Biden has sex, (laughs) the camera's rolling. How many hookers must have compromising information on this guy? In this latest video, which is from 2019 in December, Hunter is naked, who is naked, and for some reason confiding with a hooker about national security while recording himself (laughs) claims to her that Russians stole one of his laptops back in 2018 possibly to blackmail him while Hunter was overdosing in Las Vegas 
in a hotel room while he was on an 18 day bender. So that's he he was having heck of a party and some Russian stole his laptops. There's also photos on the laptop hard drive, which were obtained by Daily Mail, which include pictures of a Russian woman's passport. And this stuff all came from the MacBook Pro that was left at the Delaware repair shop, which raises a question. Why can't we just get all the information at once? Why are we getting some here and some there, some here and some there? And I'll tell you what I think here in a moment. Most people are focused on the, the salacious aspect of the story, the drugs, the nakedness, the prostitutes that he, for the some crack. reason, always films himself with. He even references the camera while he's talking. So it's not like he doesn't know that it's on. <laughs> he knows that it's on. When you look at the transcript, if you actually read the transcript, because it is hard to hear what he's saying, of course, the transcript could be manipulated. But when you read the transcript, it reads kind of like what is happening is that some Russian operatives came and found Biden and they posed as drug dealers and they are exploiting his addiction, keeping him in a drug induced haze for 18 days while the entire time they accessed his laptop and they set him up in compromising situations which they helped record and one of these compromising situations appears to be him having sex with a 35 year old russian woman who seems like a absolutely a honeypot in this brief little transcript i don't know how you can read the transcript and not take that away that russian operatives were sent to exploit him and set him up using a honeypot and the prostitute in this newer video at one point during the video suggests to Biden because they're talking about if they think that the people who took the laptop, the Russians, are going to try and sell it to tabloids for money. And the prostitute suggests that Biden beat them to the punch and that he released the videos himself so that he can profit off of it and perhaps get ahead of it. Here's what I think that this story is about. I think this whole thing is a psyop. Hunter Biden is obviously compromised. He is an addict. Addicts are easy to set up like this when you can't remember anything and you can people give you drugs and, you know, you can you can be set up. So I think that this gives us the answer to why the pawn shop got the laptop, why the stories are being leaked kind of the way they are. And I think the answer comes from the prostitute. I think the Bidens gave this laptop to the pawn shop and i think they are maybe even working with the daily mail on a schedule of releasing this information in a timely way that minimizes the damage and possibly even helps them in a certain way while also getting the story out there so that they can then bury the story what's going on right now right now we have biden's infrastructure plan his Build Back Better plan is going great. He's being celebrated for getting that stuff passed. He's getting shots in arms. He's following his orders perfectly. So who cares about a little sex scandal when Joe's getting so much done? Not to mention that the sex scandal that's important right now is Andrew Cuomo. So it's a pretty good time to release this story. And I'm going to give you a quick quote from a book called Propaganda in World War, written by Harold Laswell back in the 1930s. Well, it's not a quote. This, the sentiment that he talks about in that book is... When information cannot be controlled, when it can't be completely silenced, then what you do is essentially you get ahead of it and you take control of it and you decide when it gets released so that you can control the narrative around it and you can use it to your benefit, 
Quote from Narrative Warfare, No action or communication should be left open to interpretation by our adversaries rather than by ourselves. I think that is what's going on here. I think they released it and they did so to take the power away from whoever took it, if somebody took it and had it. Because if he's an addict, there's going to be lots of people that have access to it. And if they release it, then... They can't use it against him anymore. It's like that Batman year one animated movie. I don't know if you've seen it, but the the cop, Gordon, a mob boss has video of him having an affair. And he says, I'm going to tell your wife if you don't do what I say. So he's got that power over him. So what does Gordon do? He goes home and immediately tells his wife that he's having an affair himself to take that power away. Now, here's the question is, can this be spun in a positive way? I I actually think that it can. I think that this story, while on the surface seems like a crazy Hunter Biden controversy, I think that what it really is, it's not that. The narrative about this story is actually a Russian interference story. And that is how it will be framed, because Biden is being kind of framed as the addicted, sad victim who the big bad Russians came in and exploited for the purpose of interfering in the election. I think it gives those who already believe that Russia interfered in 2016, gives them something else to say, yeah, they did. And they tried to do it again in 2020. That is how this will be framed on the left. I think that I like when it comes to letting it out and him having some control of it, those people have money. The Bidens have money. They could very easily pay off the Daily Mail. They could very easily pay off these different people who would want to ruin Joe Biden with this. But I'm hearing it. And as soon as I heard Russian, I had two thoughts. First being they're trying to pin this on Trump through Putin, through Russia. It's a it's yeah. it's going back towards the MAGA hats. It's going back towards their their opposition Two. Hunter Biden was a crack addict who worked in Ukraine. Of course, he's banging Russian hookers. (laughs) Yeah, of course, he's recording it like this just sounds like the action like you could. I think they're playing up this Russian aspect when it's like, no, he was a degenerate in Russia. It's that easy. He was a degenerate in Russia and he liked recording himself. You can tell looking at him and the pictures he takes of himself that he's a big fan of himself. So the idea that the Russians orchestrated that makes you – it's Occam's razor. The simplest explanation is that that, uh, Hunter Biden is a degenerate, did some degenerate stuff, liked to record himself in that time, and now he's he's trying to uh, work against that. And there are very powerful people with a lot of money who love the Bidens and the Clintons who are more than willing to work with the Daily Mail or whoever else to get ahead of it. But to think that it's some, oh, it's Russian, to heck with that. There's That's stupid. That is extraordinary how they use that propaganda. That I mean, people will buy that. That's why I thought reading the transcript was so interesting. The fact that they even included the transcript because it clearly portrays him as the victim of a Russian operation. That's what you take away from it when you read it, in my opinion. Well, it's like those – have you ever seen those um – screenshots on Twitter or on Instagram. And it's like, we fed uh, this many hours of Fast and the Furious movies to a, an AI and it, it made this this script or whatever. Yeah. And it's always like very clearly written by someone who wasn't the AI to try to make it funny because it's not very, I mean, it's like, it's funny, quote unquote. Like it's definitely someone trying too hard. I think that that's what I get from that transcript. Is yeah, it does seem a little- trying too hard. Yeah, 
And with deep fakes now, we never really know what we're seeing. I also find it interesting that the prostitute in the video and pictures is unnamed, an unnamed prostitute or sex worker. I want to know who she is and where she is because reading the transcript, not only does the Russian seem like a honeypot, she also seems like a honeypot the way she's eliciting information from him. Yeah. She's saying, let's get back to the story. Tell me this. Tell me that. And, and making suggestions to him, planning it in his head. Perhaps you should release it so that they can't. She yeah. seems like an operative as well. I want to know who she is, if she's still alive. <laughs> yeah. If, if it's not uh, – so there, this was a transcript to the video. Yeah. So like if, if someone watched the video, they could hear all of this. Yeah. Correct? Okay. Or at least, you know how you think you hear the things. If they tell you what you're going to hear, then you are more likely yeah. to hear it. It is kind of muzzled. But yeah, I, I just I just I just have the feeling that maybe what happened was he was doing de- degenerate stuff and a Russian person was trying to make some money. I want to know how many people on this planet have sex tapes of Hunter Biden just laying around somewhere. I have on their phone somewhere. You, do you I have, I have a couple? Oh, yeah. They're yeah. my old phone, I think. Yeah. I mean, I got rid of that phone. I, I left it at an Apple store. I don't know where it is now. Yeah, a fun fact is he's never actually had sex while not being recorded. (laughs) I think that wraps it up for today. Thank you, Cam, for joining us and for helping us out today. You guys can find your Drive Time News Blast every weekday afternoon at thepropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform of the Propaganda Report podcast feed. If you want access to that extra content that we drop every time we drop a DMB, go to patreon.com slash propaganda report or rockfin.com slash propaganda report. Check out Cam's podcast, The Mad Ones. It's a fun podcast. Do a lot of great interviews, have a lot of great insights. We will talk to y'all next time. Have a great rest of your day. Or we'll talk to you in the patient 15.